welcome to Kitchen Party Kaylee, Celtic music from across the globe and across town. I'm Dave Baghdad, and I'm so glad you could join us. On tonight's show, we'll preview Indie Irish Fest and have an interview with Celtic Colors Executive Director Joella Folds. Thanks for being here. This program was made possible by support from Indie Irish Fest and Nine Irish Brothers, as well as donations from the friends of the Kitchen Party Cayley. Cade Mila Falcha. So glad you could join us here for this week's Kitchen Party Cayley. I'm your host, Dave Baghdad, and we have a great show for you. Some things you may know and a lot you probably don't. Our programming this week is sponsored by Indie Irish Fest, now just five weeks away, as well as Nine Irish Brothers, newly opened at the corner of Mass Ave and East Street. Our show this week could be subtitled A Tale of Two Festivals. We're going to start getting ready for Indie Irish Fest and feature some music from artists who will be coming to town to play for us. And we're also going to look a bit further on to Celtic Colors, which is about two months away, and we'll have an interview with Celtic Colors co-founder and executive director Joella Folds. Let's get right into previewing these two festivals. First up, we'll have another track from the debut CD from Coic, the fine young Cape Breton band featuring Colin Grant, Rachel Davis, and Chrissy Crowley on fiddles, Jason Roach on piano, and Darren McMullen on a bunch of things. You may recall we had an interview with Colin a couple of weeks ago, and if you missed it, the podcast is available at iTunes. Let's check out a set right now called Bad Day at the Beach, consisting of a jig into some reels. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what any of these tunes are, but I'm pretty sure they're all original to the band. We'll follow this lively track with an even more lively one from the Fighting Jamesons, who wowed us at Indie Irish Fest last year and will be back to do it again. But first, here's Coic on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. <laughs>
into the pond as the clouds cover the line and we drank and sang all night about this place here that we truly love so won't you take me away to the sun that's on me face good times are surrounded To O'Connor's pub And Rowdy poured a glass How we drank our whiskey fast Went shot for shot Till one of us gave up So won't you take me away To the sun will serve me face Good times just around the bend I wish that I could stop the time Everything would work out fine Night with you will never end Me face, good times just around the bend. I wish that I could stop the time, everything would work out fine. Night with you will never end. So, won't you take me away? Fucking take me away. Good times just around the bend. I wish that I could stop the time, everything would work out fine. Night with you will never end. The Fighting Jamesons there from Virginia Beach with Around the Bend from their new album Every Day Above Ground. I got to MC one of their sets at last year's Indie Irish Fest and I was blown away. They really combine a respect for the musical tradition with an almost punk energy and I look forward to seeing them again this year. Before that, we heard another group which combines high energy and respect for tradition, Coic from Cape Breton. We heard a medley called Bad Day at the Beach from their debut album Five. Our programming this week is made possible by support from Indie Irish Fest, and we're very grateful for their assistance. Irish Fest is only about five weeks away, so make your plans to come on out to Military Park in downtown Indy the second weekend in September. 
The full lineup has yet to be announced, but some bands have been added since our show last week, including Kevin Flynn and the Avondale Ramblers, Burning Bridget Cleary, and the Bastard Bearded Irishman. There will be the usual assortment of great cultural displays and events, family activities, and the Irish Fest Marketplace. I've also just confirmed that I'll be emceeing the North Stage on Saturday and Sunday, as I did last year, so please do come by and say hello. Mark your calendars now for September 11th to the 14th. If you'd like more info, the website is IndieIrishFest.com. Let's move on now to a double shot of music from some perennial Indie Irish Fest favorites, the Kells. The band hails from Columbus, Ohio, and includes Brian McCoy on flute, pipes, and whistle, Kim Rattan McCoy on guitar, mandolin, and vocals, Doug Rudy on mandolin, and Eddie Cotter on boron. From their 2013 album Smooth Sailing After All, let's hear two tracks. First up is a medley of In My Father's Footsteps and Ben's Mando Madness, which features guest fiddler Sandy Jones, and then a song, I Need You to Turn To, followed by a reel, The Musical Priest. So let's kick our Irish Fest preview into high gear with these two tracks from the Kells on the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
That was relatively new music from the Kells there, two tracks which appeared on their 2013 album Smooth Sailing After All. First up was In My Father's Footsteps and Ben's Mando Madness, which featured both Doug Rudy and Kim Rattan McCoy on mandolins and Brian McCoy on whistle. Then Kim sang I Need You to Turn To, followed by Real, the musical priest, which featured Brian on flute. The Kells will be joining us here in town for Indie Irish Fest, just one more reason why you might want to come on out. Our programming tonight is made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers, the new pub and restaurant recently opened at 575 Massachusetts Avenue at the corner of Mass Ave and East Street in Indy. If you're a fan of live Irish music, you've probably already been to the Nine Irish Brothers locations in Lafayette and West Lafayette, and we're really glad to have them here in town. In addition to fine food and drink, they have live music, Irish only, Wednesday through Sunday. This Saturday, August 9th, the Plowboys will be there, and our friends Dimitri Olano, John Andrew Bellner, and Eric Peterson are playing on Wednesdays, followed by Whiskey Runner on Thursdays. But here's the really big news as far as I'm concerned. The Town Pants, the great band from Vancouver whom we played on the show before, will be at Nine Irish Brothers on Friday, August 29th, after a show at the Lafayette location the night before. I'm going to be there for sure. If you'd like more information, the website is nineirishbrothers.com and the Facebook handle is NIB Indie. When you visit there, please mention that you heard about them on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. I just mentioned the Town Pants, so let's have a song from them right now. The band has been around since the mid-90s, and we're going to hear the title track from Coming Home, the group's fourth album, which was recorded live in celebration of their 10th anniversary. The band is built around the Keogh brothers, Dwayne and Dave, on guitar and banjo, and the group got its name from a racehorse on which the brothers once wagered. Along with the Keos, we'll hear Virginia Schwartz on fiddle, Aaron Chapman on whistle, Dino DiNicolo on bass, and Mo Sherwood on percussion. So here we go with the Town Pants, Coming Home, on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. On the yellow line Wondering how long It's gonna be this time My room, my own house A pillow on my bed Another dodgy roadside Is what I get instead A thousand days behind me And a thousand K to go Another greasy dinner Another midnight show Finally laid down On this Motel 6 bed Sea breeze and tall trees Swaying in my head I've been far away But I'm coming home today down and join me for a pint in English Bay. I've been too long gone and I won't be staying long. Join me in the sunshine and we'll drink the day away. I'm coming home, I'm coming home today. I've been here and there and I've been to and fro. Place I hang my hat is with me everywhere I go. Sitting there quietly, never making noise. Then out of nowhere, I'm drinking with the boys. Friendly faces all around, a cold wood in my hand. Sweet and lit breezes, kids a let us No worries being on this road to who knows where. Knowing every road I'm on eventually leads there. I'm far away, but I'm coming on today. Coming down to join me for a pint in English Bay I've been too long gone and I won't be staying long Join me in the 
Town Pants there with Coming Home from their live album of the same name. If you enjoyed that track as much as I did, you might want to come on out to Nine Irish Brothers in Indy on August 29th as the Town Pants will be playing there that night and in Lafayette the night before. More info can be found at NineIrishBrothers.com. This portion of the Kitchen Party Kaylee has been made possible by donations from the Friends of the Kitchen Party Kaylee, and we thank all of you for your support. If you'd like more information about how to become a friend of the show or to make a donation to help us stay on the air, please contact us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. And as always, thank you for your help. I mentioned at the top of the show that Celtic Colors will be coming up in a couple of months. We'll be previewing this year's festival, which is going to be amazing, as soon as Indie Irish Fest is done. But if you're sitting on the fence on this and you have the ability to get away to Cape Breton in October, I can't urge you strongly enough to do it. I thought it might be best if I got an expert for you, and who could be more of an authority than Joella Folds, the co-founder and current executive director of Celtic Colors. Let's listen right now to my recent chat with Joella, exclusively on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. The festival is now in its 18th year, which is amazing. Tell us a little bit about how it got going in the first place. The festival started really as an idea of a private business, which I was co-owner with my business partner, Max McDonald. Back in 1995-96, we set up a company, which is called Rave Entertainment at the time, and we had been working together on the East Coast Music Awards and recognized that there was a real opportunity here and a gap in what was being put out in the world to the world. So we right away started working on what kind of a, a model we might have. We would like to do a big event, a festival that would bring people here and bring international attention to our music. So one of the first things we did was we went over to the Celtic Connections Festival in Scotland, in Glasgow, and it was in its third year then, and we were just blown away, you know, by what we saw there, but we recognized that that sort of festival would not work in a rural area like this. I mean, Glasgow has a population of, at that point, I think 850,000 people, wonderful venues, and gorgeous concert halls, and just, you know, people, all kinds of people to go to these things. So when we came back, in fact, on the way back on the plane, we said, well, what would it look like 
in a little old rural Cape Breton. <laughs> and we decided that the festival had to be decentralized, that it had to take the festival out to the people in the communities who had preserved the culture over the years, and that we had to do a lot of groundwork to involve those communities and involve the artists and get some buy-in all over the area. So we worked on that for almost two years before the first festival happened in October of 1997. It seems like you really took one of the best features of Celtic Connections and that it's a scattered site festival with lots of things happening in different locations and really made that an asset in terms of what Cape Breton itself has to offer. All the little communities, all the various towns coming together and offering up whatever venues they've got. And you've really made that, I think, a strength of the festival. I assume that was a deliberate thought on your part. Yes, that was absolutely a deliberate plan on our part. I mean, the thing is that we really knew that from a geographic and cultural perspective that bringing people all together in one place in Cape Breton was not going to work. There are a lot of things going on in the summer around our culture anyway, and there was no way that we would have any part of treading on the work that had been done by those people over the years for those small festivals. And so we knew that the model had to work for people or they wouldn't buy in and therefore it wouldn't last. So it was worth the effort to really look at our own environment and decide what would work. Now, as I understand it, different villages, different towns, etc., have to reapply every year in order to be included in the festival, and there's sort of an effort on your part to share around the opportunities to host concerts and village events and community happenings and things like that. Yes, to some extent. The way that it works is the venues do apply every year to host concerts. And the way that the festival has grown has been that so many community groups were applying who, for one reason or another, didn't either have the right facility to host a concert or we couldn't put on any more concerts because we know how many tickets we can sell. And so we do spread it around in the sense that they all have an opportunity to express an interest and to get involved. We feel it's important for them to be expressing that themselves, that they've taken the initiatives to do that. We're not going over and asking them to do anything. They have to want to do it. But those venues that are successful over the years and do a really good job, they come back year after year, and we include them year after year because we know the quality of the venue and the quality of the work that they do. And that has helped them to develop to do things year-round that they might not have done prior to Celtic Colors. It's really nice as a fan to know that I can count on the Guitar Summit being at Judic every year, and there'll be something great at Big Pond, and there'll be something great in St. Peter's, and on and on. Yeah, I think we try to find that balance between consistency and predictability, but always with a freshness, so that you're not ever seeing the same show twice, you're not ever seeing repeat artists, but you're always seeing somebody new. So there's a constant challenge goes on there, and of course you have to do a lot of listening in this situation, because if something really won't work in a community, there's not much point putting it there. So you want to find the kinds of artists and the kinds of events that are comfortable for the local people, and then they're going to be comfortable to be the hosting people. So it's a fine balance and lots of conversations. One of the things that I appreciate most is the balance that you strike between bringing in wonderful musicians from away, but also the just absolutely amazing wealth of musical talent that you have on the island. We are so blessed, and that was really our primary motivation in the first place for doing the festival. It's because we recognize that we have very, very high-quality 
international level artists doing what Cape Breton musicians do and that this tradition had been preserved in a very high level over the years and so what we were hoping to do and have succeeded I believe in doing is putting those people on the stage with international level people who are known in other places in the world and basically saying okay you guys are all the same <laughs> get on that stage do your show and by the way play together at the end would you for the finale so I think it really speaks to the level that we have now there's a challenge there because you want to be able to put all the good people on the stage every year and we can't always do that about 75% of the people on our stages are from Cape Breton but you know everyone wants a gig every year and that's a challenge for us well, let's talk about that tradition for a moment. As somebody from Cape Breton, what does the musical tradition of Cape Breton mean to you? What makes Cape Breton music so special? The Cape Breton music really is built around dance, so that drive and rhythm are extremely important in the way that the tunes are played. You can hear those tunes played in other places, in Scotland and in other traditions, but when they're played in the Cape Breton tradition, they are always with that dance hat on, that ear to what is going to keep the driving beat going, what can you square dance to, what can you step dance to. So I think that's probably the big difference. And you can hear the way that Strathbays and reels might be played somewhere else would be either slower or faster. So the speed and the pace of the playing is, again, geared around the dance tradition. Now let's direct this here for a bit to somebody who has never been to the festival and needs a bit of convincing to go, or somebody who's going for the first time. What would you say would be the essential bits of information that those people would need to know? A first-timer is you got to be intrepid. <laughs> You've got to be willing to drive all over the island to follow maps to find your way. Maybe not always depend on your GPS because it can tell you to go some pretty funny back roads. So you have to be really an explorer type of a person, a person who doesn't mind a challenge and who isn't going to be freaked out by having to go somewhere they've not ever been before. That's the first thing on the list. And then secondly, you know, <laughs> my former business partner and co-founder of the festival, Max McDonald, used to say, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you can't give it all too much at the beginning, you just have to pace yourself to some extent because there's a, a lot of events and a lot of things you might want to see. And I think the other thing is to plan ahead so that if you go on the website, we have an itinerary builder on the website so that you can actually start with what concerts you want to go to and then build the rest of your day and the rest of your four, five, six, or week, whatever, around that and print that off for yourself so that you know where you're going to be going and get that map and sit down and plan it out. Yes, the website is, of course, Celtic-C-O-L-O-U-R-S, for our American listeners, .com. And there really yeah. is a wealth of information on the site. Basically, any question that one could possibly want answered is there on the site. It should be there, and if there are questions that people have that are not on the site or that they can't locate, they can always contact us. We're very happy to spend time talking to people, and first-timers will often call us, and our staff, and particularly when box office opens, our box office staff will help them plan out. They will find out what it is they like to go to and what kinds of music they like and help direct them to the right kinds of things, and, and even, you know, places to stay and, and things like that. You know, people may feel nervous about these things, but don't hesitate to ask because we want to make their visit a really comfortable and happy one. Yes, it'll be an adventure, but it doesn't have to be stressful. 
No, I certainly can vouch for that. Yes, there's a certain amount of travel involved, but from my personal experience, it seems as though there's really no venue that's more than a couple hours drive away from any other venue. No, and if you stay somewhere central in the island, or you build your concerts around one side or the other or whatever, you can get out in an hour and a half in most cases, you know. And with four, five, six events going on every evening, if somebody is determined to stay within a certain geographical region, there should be more than enough for them to do to keep them occupied. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, <laughs> 225 other events besides the concerts, you can do everything from an outdoor event like a hike or a walk in the morning and maybe go to a workshop in the afternoon on square dancing or something else, drop in at a visual art exhibit on the way, and then go to a community supper before your concert. And we've got it all set up geographically so that you can plan that and don't have to backtrack. You know what I mean? You can go to different things along the way, ending up with your concert. Of course, coming back to Festival Club at night is your real keener. <laughs> Well, I want to talk about Festival Club in a moment, but I want to stress the point here that not only are there things to do pretty much every minute of the day between the time you get up and the time the concerts begin, but there's a multitude of choices every day between the workshops and the learning events and the community suppers. There are a multitude of choices, and basically you will see them organized in such a way that you may see three things you want to go to, but if they're not going in the right direction towards your concert probably not a good idea. You could end up being late for the prize. So the way that it is organized is so that you can sort of make a choice of which direction you go and go to the things that are heading where you're heading. Now, please tell us about Festival Club. Well, Festival Club is one of the things that we borrowed from Celtic Connections. They had a Festival Club right from the beginning, and it's not the same now, but in those days it was pretty magic. It was where all the artists gathered because it was in the hotel where the artists all stayed. And they would all get on stage and they would play maybe in their own bands, but they would play with other people. Well, we've adopted that, and it's at the Gaelic College, and it happens every night after the concerts are over. The music gets underway at 11 o'clock at night and goes till at least 3 in the morning. And you never know what's going to happen at Festival Club because, you know, you just don't know which of the artists are going to show up, and we don't pre-schedule anything. We just encourage them to come if they want to, and they play if they want to, and they get on stage with whoever they want to get on stage with. And it's always exciting, and just, as we always say, it's the magic, it's the heart and soul of the festival, because the artists are doing this now for their own enjoyment. They're doing it because they want to be together, and they want to play music with each other in an informal way, but they love to do it on stage, because that's what they do. So the other thing that's different about it, because most of our concerts are, you know, they're concerts. They don't have alcohol served or anything, but the festival club does. We have a, a licensed event there, so people are able to have a drink, and we have a local brewery that and people really enjoy their time. And then we provide a shuttle bus that goes from the festival club back and forth all evening to the hotels in Bedeck, because a lot of our people stay in those hotels in Bedeck, and then they don't have to worry about, oh, have I had one, two beers and I can't drive? They can just leave their car at the hotel and hop on the shuttle and go home at the end of the night and plop into bed. So it's a really good way to end the night and it's so exciting. 
I think part of the appeal of Festival Club is that you may see musical collaborations that will only ever happen at that spot, given the fact that it's local people and people from away getting together. And also, you might see collaborations for the first time that result in long and fulfilling musical relationships. And the one that immediately comes to mind for me is John Doyle and Jerry Holland, which, as I understand, began at Festival Club. There are many examples like that. Tim Eady came over and people who didn't get a chance to play with him in his concerts got a chance to play with him and to see him at Festival Club. And he's developed so many relationships now, back and forth with people here, plays with Natalie McMaster, tours sometimes with J.P. Cormier, and plays a lot in Canada now. So that is exactly what happens there. And we are so excited every year to notice where those things have ended up over the years. I mean, Kimberly Fraser, when she was only 17 or 18, I think we had to get permission for her to be in the Festival Club that year was invited up on the stage by Harold Hobart from Denmark. And Harold said to me afterwards, this is your most promising young fiddler. And he has continued to keep in touch with her. And as, as you know, last year they were both artists in residence and she's gone on to just do amazing things. And that relationship has been very strong over the years too. So it just goes on and on. Well, before I let you go, I wonder if there are a couple of other personal favorite moments of yours from the last 17 years of the festival that you might want to share. Oh boy, there are so many that it'd be really hard for me to say. I think that when you refer to the unexpected things, the Jerry and John Doyle connection, there are many like that that have happened over the years that people describe. Those things really go a long way. But I, I also find there are some of our projects, you know, Kimberly's project last year was very exciting. The Unusual Suspects, we did that twice. And that was a 26-piece folk orchestra made up of people from Scotland and from here. And the concept came from two Scottish artists. And it has been a special moment for all of us forever. And I think it would be very hard to talk that over the years. I think uh, it was a very wonderful project. Well, Joella, we certainly thank you for your time. And for those interested in attending Celtic Colors, a multitude of information, including how to buy tickets and arrange lodging, is available at Celtic-C-O-L-O-U-R-S.com. And we certainly wish you the best of luck with this year's festival, and thanks so much for being our guest. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity, and we welcome everybody to come in October. My conversation there with Joella Folds, the co-founder and executive director of the Celtic Colors International Festival in Cape Breton. If that doesn't make you want to go, I don't know what will. Maybe some more music, and we've got plenty over the next couple of months. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Celtic Colors, the website is Celtic-C-O-L-O-U-R-S.com, or just shoot me an email or Facebook message. Let's get back to Indie Irish Fest now, and at the same time, we'll have our local focus. We're going to do a double-shot local focus tonight, featuring two acts who are well-known to our listeners and who will be playing Indie Irish Fest. First up is the Indianapolis Cayley Band, with a set of reels, The Glass of Beer, Toss the Feathers, and The Star of Munster, from Every Wednesday Night, which came out in 2010. Our buddy Dimitri Olano has graciously given me some copies of this CD, and we're going to give one away each week between now and the start of Indie Irish Fest. Tonight's winner will be the first person to send an email to kitchenpartykaylee at gmail.com with the subject line ICB. 
In the meantime, let's enjoy the talents of Dimitri and Alberta Lathan on flute, Maggie Davis, Samantha Stelting, and Sarah Adderson on fiddle, Mario Hoven on banjo, Ed Delaney on concertina, Diana Davis on accordion, T.H. Gillespie on piano, and Chris Dice on percussion. We'll follow that with a song from Cayley Band member Alberta Lathan and her husband Don, but first, here's the Indianapolis Cayley Band on the Kitchen Party Cayley. This is Dimitri Alano, and you're listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee with Dave Baghdad. I'm a decent, honest, working man, as you might understand. And I tell to you the reason why I left old Ireland. T'was Molly Durkin did it when she married. 
You are listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee, The Lathans There, Alberta on Vocals and Don on Guitar, with Molly Durkin. I'm pretty sure this track is unreleased, and I'm thankful to Don and Alberta for sending it to me. Be sure to check them out at this year's Indie Irish Fest. Before that, we heard Alberta with the rest of the Indie Kaylee Band on three reels, The Glass of Beer, Toss the Feathers, and The Star of Munster from their 2010 album Every Wednesday Night. And remember, we're giving away a copy of this album every week between now and Irish Fest, and you need to be listening to win. We heard these tracks as part of our extended local focus. Before we ring off this week, let me tell you what we've got up for our program next Friday. It will be time for Theme Third Friday, and since the All-Ireland Music Championships will be happening then, we're going to feature music from past All-Ireland winners, people like Martin Hayes, Joni Madden, and Damien Mullane, among many others. Our friend Alberta Lathan, whom I mentioned a moment ago, went and competed last year, and I'll be trying my hand this time out. I'm sure I'll be bringing back some great music from Ireland for you, so we can look forward to that. I hope you'll join us next Friday at the usual time. We're getting near the end of our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to having you join us again next week. I want to thank our sponsors, Nine Irish Brothers in Indianapolis and Indie Irish Fest. Reach us by email at kitchenpartykaylee, that's all one word and Kaylee is C-E-I-L-I-D-H, at gmail.com, by Twitter at at KPC underscore radio, or through our Facebook page. You can find podcasts and playlists from all of our shows at iTunes. For our final track this week, we'll continue a tradition we started last year of commemorating the anniversary of the death of Jerry Garcia with a selection from Wake the Dead. Until next time, I'm your host, Dave Baghdad, and I thank you for listening. We'll see you here again on Friday at 8 p.m., right after the Hawkeye Navi show. Slan Ogut.
You've been listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee on WITT 91.9 FM, Indianapolis Community Radio. This program was made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers and Indie Irish Fest. We hope that you'll join us again next Friday at 8 p.m. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is written, produced, and hosted by Dave Baghdad and was recorded at EMAS Studios in Broad Ripple. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is a fortnight production. Thanks for listening.